Welcome to the Eerie First Podcast, the weekly message series featuring Pastor Nicole Shriver. Do you ever feel like you're in a battle? Given the stress of the world today, maybe you always feel like you're in a battle. But for followers of Jesus, the Bible makes it clear that we are in a spiritual battle. The good news is that God doesn't send us into spiritual conflict unarmed. He has equipped us with the tools that we need to prevail. But unfortunately, too many believers have lost sight of our greatest weapons, and as a result, we aren't armed as well as we could be. Today, Pastor Don Fisher is joining us to remind us of the weapons that God has placed in our lives and why we must not lose sight of them. So let's get started today. Here's Pastor Don. How many of you have ever been in a fight? Not, not one of those slappy, slappy fights. We're talking about a fight. How many? Hands still up. You've been, and you survived. All right. Fantastic. I want to draw your attention to some scriptures this morning. And they have words in it that indicate that there is a fight, there is a battle. Uh, There are things that uh, I believe that God wants us to be aware of. And I want to first look at 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4. I titled the message today, Old Weapons That Still Work. Now, I was tempted to title it, Old Pastors That Still Preach, but that would have been too obvious. So we're going with Old Weapons That Still Work. And I want you to take a look at 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4. It says this, right offhand, the weapons, the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Then we find in Ephesians chapter 6, uh, verses 10, 11, and 12, very familiar scripture. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So we don't have to read very far, and these words jump out out to us. Weapons, armor, spiritual forces. And we can go all the way back to Genesis and Cain and Abel, all the way to Revelation, and the Bible is filled with examples of fighting, of warfare, and spiritual forces. The challenge that we have is that when we begin to talk about spiritual warfare, there are basically two responses. One is an overemphasis, and the other is an underemphasis. And I'm wanting to bring to our attention today that if you are a believer and if you are a follower of Jesus, there are going to be battles in your life. There's going to be fights in your life because there is a real enemy. And believe it or not, the real enemy is not just Satan. Sometimes the enemy is self. And we fight with ourselves at times, more than we do with Satan. So when we look at this concept, we recognize that there is a warfare that's going on, 
I don't know where this thought came from, but it goes like this. As a follower of Jesus Christ, if you have never been in a spiritual fight, if you have never experienced a spiritual battle, you've never been on the front lines. Just saying. So, a lot of things have changed when it comes to um, warfare, when it comes to weapons and the modernization of weapons. I was in the Army. I went in basic training in 1968. And basically all I learned was they gave me hand-to-hand combat. Uh, I had an M14 rifle. I had a bayonet. I had a protective mask. And I learned how to throw a grenade. That was the extent of my weapons. And my, have we advanced today. In fact, this little creature, you may think, what is that? Is that a, an insect? Yeah, that's an insect. And, and we know it as a hybrid insect electromechanical system. Actually, this has been in the process since about 1940. Well, what do they do with these things? They implant cameras. They implant tracking devices. Uh, it's a cyberborg bug and any other winged creatures that they are experimenting with, but they're using these as modern weapons. However, there is an old weapon, an old uh, army or air force or whatever is used. Anybody recognize that? That's the B-52 bomber. Now, that's been around since about 1955. And it carries cargo, it carries uh, uh, personnel, it can unload bombs, it carries missiles. It's an old weapon, but it still works. And this morning I want to give you four old weapons that still work. In the spiritual context, and obviously the first and foremost is the Word of God. It is our greatest weapon. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It's powerful. It's got all of the promises, and it's got all of the commandments, and it's got all of the energy and strength that we need. So the Word of God obviously is one of our greatest weapons. But there's another one that I want to share with you. Prayer. Prayer. An old weapon, but it still works. See, there's nothing too hard for God. There's nothing impossible that God cannot do. But the prayer of the righteous person is powerful and effective. And there's a saying that I have taught in my class and a saying that I've lived by. Without God, we cannot. And without us, God will not. There's a significant importance of prayer, and it's the most powerful weapon that we have, and probably the least used weapon that we have. 
Some of it is because we don't understand it. We, and it's not scientific. It's not something that is mechanical. But we just don't understand how prayer works. And so over the years and all of the 40-some years of ministry, I remember there were times growing up when we had a Wednesday night prayer meeting. And it would start off with a few people. And then the numbers would slowly dwindle down. And as a kid, I would always wonder, why is this happening? And then as I got older and I learned some things, I realized that people that were coming to the Wednesday night prayer meeting stopped coming because nothing was happening. Nothing was happening. And and when we look at the concept of prayer... And we understand what God is wanting to do. It's a powerful weapon. See, it doesn't matter. When we are praying, it doesn't matter what our posture is. It doesn't matter if our hands are raised or lowered. It doesn't matter if our voice is higher or lower. It doesn't matter if we're kneeling, sitting, standing, running. That has nothing to do with the power of prayer. But it's a conversation that we have with a relational God that loves us and cares for us very much. And here's the thing. When we are called into spiritual battle, God never leaves us defenseless. He always gives us the weapons that we need. So that's prayer. The second weapon that I, I want us to look at today is praise. Praise is a weapon. Psalm 63, verses 3 and 4 says this, Because your love is better than life, my lips will glorify you, and I will praise you as long as I live. And in your name, I will lift up my hands. Praise is powerful. It's a weapon. Because we cannot grumble and we cannot praise at the same time. And there's, again, there's this saying that when our praises go up, his presence comes down. When our praises go up, his power comes down. His peace comes down. And there's something about our praise because here's what happens. Praise refocuses our affection. Praise refocuses our affection. It realigns our priorities. And it restores our soul. So not only do we have the word of God, and not only do we have prayer, but God has given us the weapon of praise. And we begin to praise God in all things. We find that praise can defeat our enemies. Old, I, I don't have time. Old Testament tells us that oftentimes in going into battle, the first group they sent out was the choir. They sent the choir out. And they're praising and they're singing and Hosanna and glory to God and all of these songs and words that they're singing, they are in the forefront of the battle because God understands the power of praise. The next weapon that God has given to us is our faith. Now, every one of these weapons is a sermon in itself. But I'm giving you the, the cleft notes because I want you to catch this and it's something easy for you to take away this morning. 
Our faith activates the power of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 5 says, So that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. And the scripture tells us that without faith, it's impossible to please God. See, faith goes beyond our hope. A lot of us have hope. We hope it doesn't rain. We hope we get a raise. Uh, we hope our loan goes through. There's a lot of hope in us. But what we don't understand is this. Much of our hope comes from our mind. It's just we're thinking, we're hoping, we're wishing, we're hoping. But faith is grounded in our heart and in our spirit. And that faith is like a muscle. The more we use it, the stronger it becomes. And when we come to that contest or we come to that altercation or we come to that time in our life where it seems like the battle is overwhelming, it's when that faith raises up in us and begins to activate the praise and begins to activate the prayer and we begin to quote the word of God and pretty soon we understand that the battle belongs to the Lord and now we become victorious because greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And no weapon, no weapon, formed against us, shall prosper. The word of God, prayer, praise, faith. This one you may not like quite so much. My kids never liked it. Your kids never liked it. And it's obedience. And as God's kids, sometimes we don't like it either. But here's the thing. Obedience is the key that opens up all the doors. When we, because we can't praise when we are disobedient. We don't have effective prayers when we are disobedient. Our faith is not activated when we are disobedient. But obedience is a key that opens all doors. And you and I understand this. Obedience is not a positive world word in our current culture. Whether it's law enforcement or whether it's teachers or whether it's, it's uh, employers or whether your children, uh, most of us have experienced some resistance when it comes to obedience. And in the body of Christ and in living our Christian life, it is no different. Sometimes we struggle with obedience. But I want to share with you, as I'm, 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 I'm ending here, I want to share with you, because this, this got me excited. I began to look up obedience and some of the results of obedience, and here's what I found. Because of obedience, the Red Sea opened up. Because of obedience, the Jordan River parted. Because of obedience, the walls of Jericho came down. Because of obedience, Gideon, with 300 men, defeated the Midianites 
because of obedience. Because of obedience. When Abraham sacrificed Isaac, because of obedience, God provided the sacrifice. Because of obedience, Noah and his family were saved from the flood because of obedience. Because of obedience, David not only killed the bear and the lion, but he slew Goliath. He was anointed as king of Israel, and he went on to become one of the greatest. In fact, the word says that David was a man after God's own heart because of obedience. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, because of obedience, they were saved from the fiery furnace. Daniel, because of obedience, was preserved and saved in the lion's den. We find that there was Paul, and because of his obedience, yes, he was on the road to Damascus, and yes, he was struck blind, but Ananias came along and prayed for him that he might receive the Holy Spirit, and God used him to go on in his missionary journeys and to plant churches and to bring people to Jesus and to be one of the greatest apostles and the writers of scriptures, all because of obedience. And Peter and John was on the way to the temple to worship. They had to focus. They were going to the temple. Don't bother me. Don't get in my way. I'm going to the temple to worship. But they came along this beggar, this lame man. And he was, he was begging and calling out. And there was something. We know what it was, but there was something. The Holy Spirit prompted Peter. And as he's walking by, he stopped. And he turned around and he saw the lame man and he heard him asking. And Peter knew what he was asking for. He was asking for money. He thought he was going to get money. And Peter looked at him and said, silver and gold have I none. But what I have in the name of Jesus Rise up and walk. You see, sometimes we get to the place when the only thing that we have is the name of Jesus. But that is a name that is powerful. That is a name that is mighty. That is a name that calms the sea. That is a name that heals the sick and raises the dead, opens the eyes of the blind and the ears of the deaf. And so the name of Jesus and the man got up and walked because of Peter's obedience. Here's the takeaway from this morning. Fighting without physical weapons can cost us our bodies. Fighting without spiritual weapons can cost us our soul. So I want to encourage you you say, well, I haven't been in a good fight in a long time. Just follow Jesus. It'll come. <laughs> just, just get in step with what he's wanting you to do. Fight will show up. It'll break out. And somewhere in your memory, your recall will kick in, and you'll say, I remember when Pastor Don said that God will never leave us defenseless, but he will give us his word and we can pray, and we can praise, and we can have faith, and we can walk in obedience because God is our victor. I watched, us, I, I watched the words as we sang this morning that God is greater than anything 
any opposition that we can face. So I encourage you today, all of this seems like old weapons, because it is, it's old as the Bible. But even though they are old weapons, they still work. They still work. Would you stand with me this morning? Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning that you are the God of this universe. Mighty warrior, dressed for battle. Holy Lord is he. Commander in chief, lead us into battle. And Father, I pray today for those who maybe right now they're going through a fight. They're going through a spiritual battle. And I pray that, that you've given us words to encourage and to reinforce what you're asking us to do. And Father, I pray today that we will walk out of this building feeling stronger, more powerful, not in ourself and not in our might because it's, it's not by might nor by power, but your spirit in us that we walk out of here knowing that we are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. Using weapons that may be old, but they still work. And Father, it's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Have a blessed day. God bless you. Thank you for listening to the Erie First Podcast. If you haven't already, please give us a rating and a review wherever you get your podcasts and be sure to share it with your friends. Visit eriefirst.org for all our latest news, announcements, and information. Thanks again for joining us. We'll see you next time.